And what did you find? Mazzini asked. It seems our Duke actually went to fight in the Crusades. We know he sought after relics from the time of Christ. They finally arrived at her office. I advise you to take a breath. You are about to behold something truly extraordinary. The artifact lay on a plain white sheet on an examiner's table, as humble as such a precious thing could be. Mazzini finally removed his sunglasses. He didn't have to hold his breath. It was completely taken away. My God, this is an atom bomb. Look closely. There is an inscription on it. The Vatican director bent over it. Yes, it could be. It had all the right markings. There was an inscription in Latin he squinted close to read. Acre Galilee. He examined the artifact from end to end, the age fit, the markings. It also corresponded to descriptions in the Bible. Yet how did it come to be buried here? All this, it does not really prove anything. Well, that's true, of course, René Lacasse shrugged. But, Doctor, I am from here. My father is from the valley, my father's father and his. There have been stories here for hundreds of years, long before this grave tumbled open. Stories every schoolchild in Beret was raised on. That this holy relic was here in Beret nine hundred years ago. Mazzini had seen a hundred purported relics like this. But the tremendous power of this one gripped and unnerved him. A reverent force gave him the urge to kneel on the stone floor. Finally, that's what he did, as if he were in the presence of Jesus Christ. I waited until your arrival to place a call to Cardinal Perrault in Paris, said Lacasse. Forget Perrault. Mazzini looked up, moistening his dry lips. We are going to call the Pope. Alberto Mazzini couldn't take his eyes off the incredible artifact on the plain white sheet. This was more than just the crowning moment of his career. It was a miracle. There's just one more thing, said Ms. Lacasse. What, Mazzini mumbled. What one more thing? The local law. It always said a precious relic was here. Just never that it belonged to a duke but to a man of far more humble origins. What sort of low-born man would come into such a prize? A priest? Perhaps a thief? No. René Lacaze's brown eyes widened. Actually, a jester. Part One The Origins of Comedy Chapter One Bay du Père a village in southern France, 1096. The church bells were ringing, loud, quickening peals, echoing through town in the middle of the day. Only twice before had I heard the bells sounded at midday in the four years since I'd come to live in this town. Once, when word reached us that the king's son had died, and the second, when a raiding party from our lord's arrival in Dean swept through town during the wars, leaving eight dead and burning almost every house to the ground. What was going on? I rushed to the second-floor window of the inn I looked after with my wife, Sophie. People were running into the square, still carrying their tools, 
What's going on? Who needs help? they shouted. Then Arnaud, who farmed a plot by the river, galloped over the bridge aboard his mule, pointing back toward the road. They're coming! They're almost here! From the east, I heard the loudest chorus of voices seemingly raised as one. I squinted through the trees and felt my jaw drop. Jesus, I'm dreaming, I said to myself. A peddler with a cart was considered an event here. I blinked at the sight not once, but twice. It was the greatest multitude I had ever seen, jammed along the narrow road into town, stretching out as far as the eye could see. Sophie, come quick, now, I yelled. You're not going to believe this. My wife of three years hurried to the window, her yellow hair pinned up for the workday under a white cap. Mother of God, Hugh. It's an army, I muttered, barely able to believe my eyes. The army of the crusade. Chapter Two Even in Vey du Père, word had reached us of the Pope's call. We had heard that masses of men were leaving their families, taking the cross as nearby as Avignon. And here they were, the army of crusaders, marching through Vey du Père. But what an army! More of a rabble, like one of those multitudes prophesied in Isaiah or John. Men, women, children, carrying clubs and tools straight from home. And it was vast, thousands of them. Not fitted out with armor or uniforms, but shabbily, with red crosses either painted or sewn onto plain tunics. And at the head of this assemblage, 